Welcome to the Revo Podcast. Revo Church is one church in two locations with a vision to spark a revolution of life change through Jesus. We hope to accomplish this through our core values of love big, serve hard, live bold, grow deep, and move forward. For more information about our service times and locations, please visit our website at discoverrevo.com. Hey, welcome guys to Revo. My name's Nathan. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, This morning, we're going to do a little something different uh, with our time together. I know, especially this time of year, we begin to think about what what we need to do, how we need to get better, uh, New Year's resolutions and goals that we're going to set. But but before you start all that, like I, I just want today to be an opportunity to breathe in. To, to refocus, to, to hit the pause button. Before we get a jump start on everything that, that we want to accomplish, let's, let's begin to focus our hearts and minds on Jesus. Let's begin to, 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 to start this new year off right. Before we go to what we need to do, there's some things that, that I'd love for us to acknowledge uh, together. And so today's service is going to be a little different. We're going to uh, break it up into different sections. There'll be times where we stand and sing together. There'll be times where we open up the word and, and learn from that. And, and there's also times that we have built into the service where there's just going to be some personal prayer. Uh, just, just you talking with God. And I know that can be uncomfortable sometimes, so we're going we're gonna to help you out in that, in that process. And, and so re- really it is just over the next few moments that we have together just a chance to, to breathe in, um, just a chance to, to refocus. Typically, we start with us in our lives. We start with what we need to do, what we need to change, how we need to be different, different things or different activities and things that we need to stop doing and things that we need to start doing. But uh, actually this morning, in, instead of starting with us, I want to start with God. You know, your, your viewpoint of who God is changes everything. You know that, right? Uh, the, the way that you view God changes the way that you talk to people. It changes the things that you do, the things that you say, your attitude. It changes the way you spend your time and your resources and how you invest your life. It can change who you date, who you marry, what job you take, where you go to school, how you, how you spend this life here on earth. All of that is impacted by how you view God. So this, is a, this idea of, of who is God is, is a big thing. Has a, has a large impact on our life. And a lot of times when we think about God, our mind automatically goes to what God has done for us. And don't get me wrong, God has blessed all of us tremendously. God has done so much that we don't deserve, that we did not earn. And so I understand that, but, but Scripture actually points us to a different direction. When we think about God, it's not towards thanking Him, it's not towards about what God has done for us, but Scripture actually instructs us to worship God for who He is. Not what He does for you, not how much He's hooked you up, not, not how many times He's bailed you out, or how many times He's blessed you, but just, just for who He is. Here's what Jeremiah says. This is what the Lord says. Do not let the wise boast in their wisdom or the powerful boast in their power, or the rich boast in their riches. But those who wish to boast should boast in this alone, that they truly know me and understand that I am the Lord who demonstrates unfailing love. I am the Lord who brings justice and righteousness to the earth. 
and that I delight in these things. I, the Lord, have spoken. When you think of God, does your mind go towards what he's done for you and and the ways that he's blessed you, or does your mind just go to the fact that he is God? He is powerful. He is loving. He is all all the, the Lord of lords and the King of kings. Scripture actually instructs us, worship God just because he's God. Even if he never did another single thing for you or in your life, he's still worthy of our worship just because of of who he is. Psalms 113 reads like this, Praise the Lord. Yes, give praise, O servants to the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord now and forever, everywhere, from east to west. Praise the name of the Lord. For the Lord is high above the nations. His glory is higher than the heavens. Who can be compared with the Lord our God, who is enthroned on high? In this psalm, David tells us, what are we supposed to do? Praise the Lord. In a matter of a few verses, he says, oh, pray, just repeats himself, oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Give the Lord the worship that, that he deserves. And he says, well, so when should we do that? David says, you praise the Lord now, and you praise the Lord forevermore. You want to know when our time to worship Jesus is? When our time to give glory and honor to God? It's now and forevermore. Like anything that happens between now and eternity, that's, that's, that's your time. That's how we respond. That's when our worship is. And then when do we worship? David says, everywhere from the east to the west. So go as far as you can to the left and start there, and then go as far as you can to the right, and everything that fits in between, that is where you worship God. That is where your worship falls, your good days, your bad days, when you're on the top and when you're on the bottom, when when things are going great and when you're confused or things are going difficult. That's where we worship, all the way from the east to the west. And then finally, here's, here's a question that David answers. Let, let's be honest. We're going to worship someone or something in our life. So my question for you this morning is, who compares to God? Who compares? Here's what David says. For the Lord is high above the nations. Do you know that God is over everything that is going on of the world today? God didn't wake up this morning and pull up CNN.com and say, whoa, that happened last night? Shoot. He's not looking at our problems, no matter how insignificant or small our personal world may seem. All of that is under God. All of that. It didn't slip by his radar. He's not surprised. He's not caught off guard. He's not in a panic about what's going on in our country or any other country in the world because everything that happens in the nations is below God, under his control. His glory is higher than the heavens. Who can be compared with the Lord our God? We will spend time worshiping things in our life, things that give us satisfaction, things that we think bring us happiness and joy, things that we think will benefit us, things that we believe that are helping us in the long run. But, but David asked a good question. Who compares? Come on. Those things that you worship, compare those to God. Those things that we're trying to put our faith in, how how does that line up with the creator of the world that is high above every nation, that is in absolute control and authority over everything that goes on, that even grants authority to the rulers that are on the earth right now? 
Political parties, God's over it. Difficult situations going around the world, God is above that. He's over it. He's not lost control. He's not in a panic. That is the God that we worship. Not because of what he has done, but just because of who he is. So I want to spend some time over the next few minutes telling God what he already knows about himself. Telling God that he's powerful. Telling God that he's in control. Telling God that we love him, that we trust him. That we want to start 2017 off, not not putting ourselves where we belong, but starting with God. Who he is. Just who God is. So for the next few minutes, when we sing, if you want to stand up, you can stand up. If you want to remain seated, you can. During our time of prayer, if you want to kneel down on your seat, you can. If you just want to bow your heads, if you want to pray with your eyes open, stand up. It doesn't matter. We're trying to create an atmosphere over these next few moments for you to hear from and connect with God. And that all starts with understanding who God is. So we're going to take just the next 60 seconds, man. Just I don't know, 60 seconds of silence may be hard, but just, just the next minute to spend some time in prayer. And I'm, we're even going to hook you up. we got a sample prayer, just, just some ideas that you may be able to voice to God over the next 60 seconds as we continue to worship. But, but let's hear and connect from God this morning by starting off with who God is. I don't know about you, but it just feels good sometimes to take my focus off of my life and off of my problems and off of my responsibilities and to put that focus back on God. It just, it just, it's a relief. It's a, it's a powerful reminder when we're able to look beyond just what's in front of us and focus our eyes on who's in control, to focus not on our problems, but to focus on the problem solver. And that's what we do when we refocus our eyes on God. But, but listen, when you focus your eyes on God, it also brings something else into really, really clear focus. It brings you. When I'm at my house kicking the soccer ball around with my girls, they think I'm the greatest soccer player that's ever lived. I can kick the ball further than anyone they know. I can throw it further. I can score more goals. I can run faster. Pretty much a big deal at my house. But when you pair me up with maybe one of the guys or girls that play soccer at Wake or any of the universities here in town, it's going to be a reality check. You're going to see what a real soccer player is. 
Uh, you're going to see that I am, at best, a, uh, a former athlete. Sometimes when we just look at ourselves, it looks good. We can kick far, we can run fast. Our actions are good, our words are good, but when we focus on God, we stand side by side with perfection. What comes into view is the standard that God has called us to. And it is at that moment when we begin to view God in the right way that we begin to see how broken we really are. We begin to see how sinful we are. We begin to see how far away from God we are. We see lives that are lived in disobedience. We see lives that are far away from the path. That's all of us. It's not just a few people. It's not just people that don't know Jesus. I mean, confession is something that followers of Jesus do. It's not just a one-time decision that you make. You confess your sins to Jesus and you're good. You and I sin every day. Here's what Scripture says. Confess, actually, the word confess actually means to agree. And so when we confess our sins to God, we, we agree, hey God, there's, there's sin here. My life does not look like Jesus' life. My life does not look like the life that you've called me to live. My thoughts, my attitude, my actions, the decisions that I've made, they're just some things, God, I confess it's not right. And we know that by looking at God, not focusing on ourselves, but but focusing in on God. Here's what Isaiah chapter 1 says. This is God speaking to worshipers, just just like me and you, people that would go into the temple to worship, to go to church every week. What makes you think, I want all your sacrifices, says the Lord? I'm sick of your burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fattened cattle. I get no pleasure from the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. When you come to worship me, who asked you to parade through my courts with all of your ceremony? When you lift up your hands in prayer, I will not look. Though you offer many prayers, I will not listen. For your hands are covered with the blood of innocent victims. Wash yourselves and be clean. Get your sins out of my sight. Give up your evil ways. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Help the oppressed. Defend the cause of orphans. Fight for the rights of widows. And listen to what God says. Come on. Let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them as white as wool. That's us. We come into church, we sing songs, we dress up, we we come to the right place, and some of us serve, some of us even give sacrificially of our, our tithes and offerings. And so this is what God is, is saying. He said, you think that impresses me? You forgot about something. There's one thing that is blaringly obvious. You're a sinner. And I love this language. He says, before any of that, let's settle it right now. Let's settle this. But instead of a wrathful God that, that wants to bend you over his knee and spank you for disobeying him, he says this, confess your sins to me and I will give you forgiveness. Though you are, are red from guilt and shame and sin, confess those things to me and I will make you 
as white as snow. Wow, what a promise. What a promise from the Lord that your sins can just be confessed. That we can acknowledge those. Remember, confess like you're not fooling anyone. In 1 John 1, 9, it says, If we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. Hey, if you don't know you're a sinner, guess what? Everybody else does. God does. Your family does. Your co-workers do. Everybody else, if you don't think you've ever done anything wrong, if you don't think that even if, even if you're struggling with this idea of is there a God, like let's be honest, if there is a God, chances are you have not lived up to his standard. Chances are you have not lived a perfect life. Surely there's been something that you've said or done that broke covenant with God. You're only fooling yourself, Scripture says. But listen, if we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. The invitation through Jesus today is a simple act of confessing. Our pain, our struggles, our shame, our mistakes, like it's, it's no secret to God. God's not in the dark. You're you're not getting ready to totally disappoint him when you confess that you made a mistake. He already knows. He says, let's settle this now. Before any singing, before any giving, before any worship, before coming to church, before any of that, confess. Agree that our lives are not where they should be, that we make mistakes every day. Believe in the promise that God says that if you confess those things to me, through the blood that my son Jesus shed on the cross for you. Not only do you get forgiveness, but you can have salvation through him as well. If you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, then salvation is yours. That's a gift for you this morning. And all it takes is confessing, repenting of that sin and turning towards Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus in here, we, confession is not something that we do just one time. It's something every day when we acknowledge who God is and who we are, we see the gap in between. And we confess and turn from those things and put God back in the right place in our lives. So let's pray. Just, just personally, it's just you and God. Nobody else here. You're not vocalizing it out loud. It's just your chance. God's looking at you this morning and says, let's settle this. Put the sin out on the table and just confess it and he'll offer forgiveness. Got a sample prayer that we're going to throw up just to help you. If if you don't know what to say, you don't know how to approach God, you don't know how to breach this subject with him, a little uncomfortable, you can just read over some of those bullet points. And as the band sings, I just want to ask you just to take a moment between you and God. No standing, no singing, just you and God. We've spent some time understanding who he is. Now is our chance to acknowledge who we are, broken sinners in need of a Savior. And the gift from God is right in front of us now.
Incredible, incredible. So here's what happens. We see God for who he is. We see us for who we are, broken, lost, separated. And then we come to grips with what God has done for us through his son Jesus. That all of those sins are clean. That all of that fault, all of that shame and guilt is wiped away, paid for by Jesus. Well, you know what we do now? We respond. What are you going to do about that? Hey, guys, that's good news. Like, I don't know about you, but that's good news. Because when I stand beside God and I see a totally different thing when I see myself. But God still adopts me into his family. God still loves me unconditionally. God still offers me the gift of salvation. He still offers forgiveness. That's good news. So our worship now becomes a response. What are you going to do with the good news of Jesus? Hey, this morning I want to help you take your next step. I don't know what your next step is, but one of them may be making the decision today to confess those sins and to to, to confess and believe that Jesus is Lord, that he's paid all that for you and beginning a relationship with him today. That may be your next step. Here's some other next steps in worship out of Psalms 100. It says, shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him, singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever, and his faithfulness continues to each generation. Scripture even lays out how we are to come before God and worship. The words that should be on our mouth, the the, the condition of our heart, man, just the fullness of an acknowledgement of what God has done for us. In the message translation, I love Psalms 100 verse 3. It says, when you enter into the courts, when you come into the presence of God, here's the phrase that that he uses in this translation, the password is thank you. I love that, man. When you come into the door, what's on your lips? Thank you. What's on your heart? Thank you. What what dominates your mindset? Thank you. What makes you sing? Thank you. What makes us give? Thank you. Thank you, God, for what you've done. David says, acknowledge these things. How can we acknowledge God right now? How can we acknowledge him through our worship, through our giving, and through through our lives? How do we do that? He also says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. How can you and I right now enter into the presence of God with thanksgiving? How do we show that to him? If you're a follower of Jesus here today, one of the things that we do to to say thank you and to to, to show thankfulness and thanksgiving to God is we're generous with what God has given us. It's the time of the service where we give our tithes and offerings. And and I would challenge you today as the baskets come by over the next few minutes, when you drop whatever in there, like even if you drop your pen in there, just give us our pen back, that'll be fine. Just drop it back in there and say thank you. Thank you, God. Let let thanksgiving be on your lips. Let let thankfulness and gratitude be in your heart. 
It's one of the ways. Now, if you're a first-time guest with, with us today or, or you're here and you don't know Jesus, like we don't want anything from you. This is a gift for you. But what we'd like to ask you to do is, is take that connection card that you got on, the, on your worship guide as you came in. You write your name and your email address on that. Here's what we're going to do. we got a gift for you in the back. We knew you were going to be here today. And so we got a gift for you. And it's a, it's a coffee mug with a Revo logo on it. Here's the deal. Revo Church wants to be the official sponsor of your morning cup of coffee. And so you turn that connection card in at the back desk. And no strings attached, no survey, no questions. One of our lovely guest services members is just going to hand you a Revo mug. And, and you can enjoy that just as a, as a, as a way for us to say thank you. For, for worshiping with us today. So as we give, as we worship, as we sing, just, just be reminded of this. It's our way of saying thank you. You, you may not be a big singer, you may not be a, like a, an over-the-top worshiper, but, but, but listen, this is our thank you. This is our response to God. And there is no wrong response. So if your response to God is just to stay seated and and just over and over in your head say, thank you, God. Thank you for what you have done for me. Then let that be your response. Man, if you want to do like me and stand up and sing as loud as you can, despite not having a very good voice, then let that be your response. Let that be your worship as we, as we give and worship God today. Let's enter his courts with thanksgiving. The password is thank you. But before we do that, I just want us to spend just a moment in prayer. Just, just personal prayer, just, just you and God. To, to focus our minds and, and to remind us of who he is and what he's done for us. And let these next few moments of silence guide us into how we should respond to a Savior that loves us so much. Scripture says unconditional love. Love that never fails that never stops. From generation to generation, it's a God that loves you, that cares for you, that has a plan and a purpose for your life, that wants you to be on his team, adopted into his family, to accomplish something that is so much bigger than yourself. That's what's happening in the local church. That's what we're trying to do here at, at Revo. That's, that's our desire to spark a revolution of life change through Jesus. That the overflow of our lives would change a city. Not just put on a worship service, but that would actually impact people's lives for the sake of the gospel. And it's all coming from a group of people whose lives have been changed by Jesus. And we just can't seem to get over it yet. <laughs> we can't seem to stop saying Thank you. Thank you, God. God, as we spend these next few minutes not thinking about what we don't have, not thinking about our problems, not thinking about what we have to face later today or at our jobs later this week, but, but simply in a, in a humble act of gratitude. just to stand in front of you and say thank you. Just, just to give towards your mission to say thank you. Just to sing and worship and respond. Just to say thank you. Thank you for 
your son Jesus. Thank you for the salvation that is free to us. Thank you for providing. Thank you for blessing. Thank you for the good times and the bad times. Thank you for what you've taught us and and what you're going to teach us. God, for what you accomplished in our lives and in our church in 2016 and the incredible plan that you have moving forward. 